Hello and welcome to episode 452 of Outlandish Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. We may have Justin. Back on the chain. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Uh, how, 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 how we, how we doing? How, how? How's, there, how's everything going? Uh, everything's going pretty good now. <laughs> how about you? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, like, um, coworker was like, how did everybody's Christmas go? And I was like, I debated about being like honest or just being like, Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. It was good. Because, yeah. like, honesty is is that it's kind of shitty for me now. Yeah. Like, like uh, I went and spent time with a, fr- uh, a friend of mine, Brian. I went and spent time with his family and everything for Christmas Eve. And then yeah. I also went and spent time with our friend Kimberly on Christmas Day. And I was like, it's like I was happy that I was there, but I was also saddened when they started like exchanging gifts and everything. Cause I was just like, I don't have that anymore. You know? Yeah. I don't have a family to, to celebrate Christmas with and give gifts out to people and be like, here you go. Oh, look at the excitement. And it's just, I don't know. It was, it was and I kind of tried to convey that as best I could. It's like, I mean, it's without being like the downer person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, I mean, it's yeah. it, it's a different it's a different perspective to have, uh, and I mean, it's it's weird because I don't know. It's just hard to explain to people that that I, do have the family, yeah, <laughs> or do have, you know, uh, uh, a wife, well, or husband. Yeah. I w- I mean, I and again, like obviously, I am one of those people. Like I have. A family we sp- we spend every Christmas together. So feel free to toss, like, kick my opinion out the window. But <laughs> I feel like you're doing the right thing, which is to be with, you know, you have friends that uh, at least that are like, hey, come on over. You know, they they recognize that, um, and that's a good thing. Like, if you can at least be with friends that. Um, well, it's better than the alternative, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, well, I say that like, well, it's better than the alternative. It's a good thing. It's a great thing to be with friends. And and you're, you're going to, there's nothing to stop you from being reminded of that. Um, the only thing you can really do is recognize it and be sad about it. And, you know, recognize that it was a good time in your life that's passed. And it is well, what it is, I guess. I definitely don't want to freeze to death in a sewage drain holding a pocket watch. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, you uh, you are an old Scrooge. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's very it's like I don't know. It's it's very f- funny, but it's it's because it's just like you know it, it, you don't you don't think about it until it till it till it, it it's there in front of you, right? Like, uh, or or you did, were you like ah whatever it's not a big deal and you weren't even thinking about it and then in yeah. the moment. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was just all like, well, you know, and then it's just, it just hits you like a wave of just like this emotion that's like, oh man, this, like, yeah, this is, this is, I don't have that. I don't have this joy of like, you know, exchanging gifts with, with family members uh, and mm-hmm. seeing them, you know, coming together and 
sharing a bond. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's just, it's just interesting. And, um, it's, it's hard to explain to people like I, I they, I mean, everybody understands it. Everybody can, can comprehend it, but until you're actually in that situation, you right. just don't know that actual wave of emotions that will set in. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, I went and play, uh, so I'll, I'll start off, I guess. Oh, okay. Uh, I went and played or not really played, but, uh, <laughs> we demoed, I guess, Warhammer 40 K me and John. Oh, uh, right. He was talking about wanting to get into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our friend yeah. John, well, I say our friend John, he's been on the podcast multiple times. He just like gets these, he gets these fires and they're always a surprise oh, yeah. to us. It's, it's, it, you know, like he'll just show up and be like, I, th- I think I'm going to get into uh, collecting baseball cards. I don't know. That's a, that's a random example. He's never done that, but that's, that's the kind of like out of nowhere yeah. thing that John will just decide that he's into, which, Guys, you know, I, whatever, more power to him. I bought a pair of rollerblades and uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to play some street hockey. I got a street yeah. hockey league. I've been looking it up. Okay. And- that I would never expect, but <laughs> it's almost like golf, right? It's the it's the next yeah, it's, stage of golf. Well, it's yeah, it's one step over. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, we went, and I kind of, I did kind of make the joke. I was all like, I, "I'm I'm glad I, we went, and uh, I was able to talk him into eating lunch beforehand." And at lunch, I was like, "You know, John, I just want to say I'm glad you showed up today. I didn't think you'd do it." <laughs> Uh, I want, I was like, maybe 2022 is going to be the day we don't have any cancellations from John. So, so far the streak's alive. Let's, let's keep it going, John. Cause John, John's always had this, uh, a bad habit of like day before or day of just, just canceling. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that John is, he, he has an issue that a lot of, I would, I guess I would say introverts have uh, that a lot of us have where like you, you, you have the aspiration to want to do something. Yeah. But then when it comes time, it's, you're just like, eh, like every single weekend <laughs> I have the aspiration that I'm going to go get out there and do a hike on like Saturday or Sunday morning. And then Saturday morning comes around and I don't want to <laughs> Sunday morning comes around. I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, I the whole week, it. fully aspirational. Like, yeah, you know. Well, that's why I try to, I try, I try to hinge myself on other people, so that yeah. I know I have to commit. Yes, and so that's yes, that's that's what I always try to do with John when we were like trying to walk or something like that or go play golf. I I thought that that would help, but no, that doesn't help, John. I mean, who mm. knows. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but you know uh we went and uh ate some ate some mexican and then uh went mm. and learned some warhammer yeah um and then I, was this I, at like a local game stop and when you say learn some yeah. were they did they were they doing like a demo day or something well they, it was supposed to be like a you get to paint a figure and take it with you and learn how to play warhammer Do you... <laughs> we didn't get to paint and take there was none of that oh Huh. It was just like here. Let me show you Warhammer. And I was like, okay. Mm. I was like, I kind of know Warhammer, man. I mean, it's, it's in a book. <laughs> you just 
follow rules <laughs> in a book. Like to me, well, I, and I know that John basically knows Warhammer too because, like, my understanding is that he was watching some YouTube videos. Yeah, I know that's a it's a complicated game, but it does seem. Com- I mean, I'm not gonna. Say- to me, it's as complicated as D and D, because it's like it's just comparing, you know, stats to stats. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I mean, it's just like as if you in D and D, you're wanting to do something, you have to make a check to see if you can do that thing. You're okay. just making checks against other other figures, right, or whatever other units to make sure you can hit or miss. And it's just a bunch of dice rolling. Yeah. So you know, I automatically hate that because it's just. All, I mean, like, there is some strategy to it, but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, you're rolling dice. Yeah, but like your you, the units have um, bonuses depending on what they're good at, right? Right. Yeah, they do. Yeah, but still, there's a random chance in there. And like the guy that was teaching us was all like, "If you say that, this really kind of." set me off. I don't know. It didn't really set me. I mean, it set me off internally, but I didn't say anything. It yeah. was like, if you are knowingly using dice, if you tell me you are knowingly using dice that you think have better outcomes for you, then you're cheating and you, you can get out of the store. And I was all like, but that's, that's just superstition. We all can agree that that's superstition. And it's like, yeah, but you're trying to cheat. You're trying to actively cheat. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you just feel that you're, you just like your dice. I mean, like, I don't know, like, I don't even say that the, I mean, just cause they want to roll their dice that they feel like, I mean, I mean, like, sure. If they've got loaded dice. Okay. But if they bought some dice here at your store and they're using those and they like to use those because they think they're better or something. They, we you mean all like know. if someone walked in and was like, yeah, these are my lucky dice. Yeah. He would be like. Oh yeah, well you can't use them. Yeah, you're cheating. <laughs> you're trying to cheat. I guess. I guess I, I would say that like this guy's probably played this for a long time, and he's he, it's possible he has come across some people that were like, yeah, these are my lucky dice. And then instead of just being their lucky dice, they just constantly rolled high, and then like you know they he didn't have the no one has the tools to see if they're loaded dice if it's or loaded or not i don't know what i don't even know surely there's surely like high level gaming maybe at the casinos well the casinos provide their own dice but like surely there's a machine that can detect if a dice is like off balance or something i don't, i never understood sidebar i never understood how loaded dice work i presume the idea is that you develop like you practice and develop a rolling technique where you have a confidence with how it's going to roll thus more often than not, like instead no, I think of they're weighted, like you said. Well, yeah, weighted, but like surely loaded dice don't you don't just like it's not like a cat where it's just always going to land on the high number, right? It, surely the idea because if it did, if it was just literally like oh wow another twenty, it's my tenth in a row, you know, someone would be like okay, let me see those fucking die, right? Like they have to roll bad sometimes. Well, I would think that they would. They have a technique where they switch out those dice. Every so often. Oh, I see. Oh, see. So that's the part I'm missing. It's not that they're rolling them repeatedly and then, you know, they haven't developed a technique to, to get a more reliable chance of a high roll. They just swap out. Yeah, I think that I would think that they have dice that can roll favorably through some, you know, 
engineering technique or something. And then they, they like pick them up, probably like shift them through their sleeves or something. I don't know what the fuck, you know, you yeah. know, these people that are really good with these, I guess I can't, I just, tricks. I have, yeah. So in the, in that scenario, then I, I don't know what the fuck this guy's going on about. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's just, he, he's in the mindset that the person is trying to cheat. And I'm just all like, I mean, this person's just, I, I guess you can they look feel at good it about their way. dice. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't, it's like, they're trying to give themselves an advantage. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, that's just, you want to like, kind of, it honestly kind of sounds like someone, I mean, you know, I would say, uh, that believes in like a religion or they believe in, I don't know uh, uh, what I'm trying not to step on anybody's um, like, like a home remedies, right? Like he believes like, Oh, maybe your dice are special. Maybe you've got the magic. Like those, those dice have like the special magic and that's not cool. If you're going to be using that in the shop, no, no special magic die in my, in my gaming store. <laughs> no special magic die for you. Like as if like someone's like lucky socks would be unfair. <laughs> of course, what I would say to that guy is like, if you believe it, you know, offer to like, if, first of all, if you're, I guess if it's a tournament, you may not see the person again, but like if the person's coming in regularly and they they have their lucky die, like, you know, be like, Hey, can I use your lucky die for a while? <laughs> the person should be okay with that. And if they're not, that shit's loaded. What you doing? What? Oh, you sounded like you didn't oh. respond. I thought you oh, were no, like I was like, trying to fix uh, something. Yeah, sorry. I, the dog wanted out, so I, oh, okay. I'm still hearing you and everything. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you don't want to let people use your dice, then that's shady. Right. Or in this day and age, you just don't want to get COVID. I don't know. Who well, knows? I mean... <laughs> If if you've decided to go into a game store, because I, I know when I take other age, people's dice, I put them directly in my mouth. <laughs> so I, I, well, yeah, I mean, we have we have seen that like surface surfaces are not as much a a, a transmitter of the of the COVID. It's more about the airborne. It's more about the, the particles coming out the the mouth and nose. Um, yeah. Uh, so you watch Matrix, Matrix Resurrections? Well, let me well, let's we'll, we can get to that, but let me tell let me tell my uh, my Christmas story. Okay. So you know, didn't go to didn't go every year of my life. I have uh, I have been with my family. When I say my family, my parents, my sister, and her now extended family, brother in law, and nephew, my nephew, her her son. Um. Until last year, obviously, with COVID, I say obviously, plenty of assholes went and spent Christmas with their families anyway, but I did not because, you know, lack of vaccinations. So this year, of course, um, you know, we everybody got vaccinated and, you know, I went and visited last June with little issue. This was this was in that lovely period after vaccinations were vaccines were readily available and we thought like oh pretty much everyone's going to get one right before delta before omicron that nice period where we were like yeah we're going to beat this 
So, but, you know, I booked, you know, for Christmas to go back and see my family. My family lives in St. Louis. Um, so as we get closer, you know, Omicron starts to pop up and I start to have second thoughts like the week, really the few days before I left, I left on December 19. So this was like right when like, like we had an inclination, you know, like there were news stories popping up first, first uh, case of Omicron detected in Seattle, first case Omicron detected in New York. And and all and everyone who knows what the fuck is going on, i.e., like you know, actual scientists and epidemiologists are like, yeah, this is gonna this is gonna blow up. Um, and I kind of second guessed actually going on the trip, but ultimately, again, like I had just gotten boosted. My parents were boosted. My um, brother-in-law and sister were boosted, and my nephew being young had just gotten his second shot because he had just gotten his first shot like four weeks before that. So I was like, we should be good. Go down. And the Thursday night before Christmas, we spend with, uh, we, we decided to go over to my sister's house. Usually. So my, my sister's birthday is on Christmas. And so usually what happens is uh, we will go out to eat like the Thursday or Wednesday before, like a few days before christmas just go out to eat celebrate her birthday so we decide intelligently like you know what let's just let's pick up pizza went over to my sister's house she and she was like yeah i've been feeling kind of i don't know just kind of like run down this week but it's you know i'm we're very busy at work um and and she mentioned that a co-worker a co-worker's daughter had tested positive but it wasn't like someone that she sits next to or anything you know she wasn't like 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 having long conversations with this person and and um and the and the the coworker had not gotten sick so friday morning which was christmas eve i'm laying in bed just kind of like oh i'm laying in laying in bed before i actually get out of bed and i get a call from my sister and she says i have i have a sore throat and i'm running a little bit of a fever what do we do and me and my brother-in-law end up like driving all over town Christmas Eve, Walgreens and Walmarts, trying to find a at-home COVID test. And with Omicron popping at that point, like it was impossible to find one. Um, Spent like three hours trying to find one. And, and so she, she was feeling bad enough that like, they just decided to stay home because usually what happens, they come over Christmas Eve, we hang out, they go back, they have Christmas at their house, like in the morning. And then later in the morning, they come over to my parents' house where I was staying. So my mom, <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this before, but my mom, she's an active lady. She's, she's almost 70. She walks like four miles a day. She's one of those people that like constantly has to be up and doing something. And if she's not, she's the only thing that can like keep her still is like reading a book. <laughs> uh, so I say that to say that she like basically goes to Walmart every single day. Walmart's like 20 miles away. Um, but it's something for, I think, I th- you know, they're retired. I think it's something for her to like feel like she can get out of the house and go and go somewhere. So she goes to Walmart and she just happens to find a test, which we were like, holy cow. I don't know how the fuck you like. Apparently they had just put some out. So she gets it over to my brother-in-law who takes it back to my sisters. They test negative. Okay, great. 
first mistake. Great. Come on over. Because, <laughs> yeah. again, like, it's an at-home test. Yeah. You know, in my mind, admittedly, I'm thinking, like, if she's showing symptoms, she's going to pop positive if she has COVID. Well, I mean, like, and, does the at-home test do the at-home test work with Omicron? I mean, like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know how much of a variation well, Omicron is to, like, Delta to, like... I mean, it's, it's... I mean, I don't know, right? Like, I, I can't... I, my underst- I have not seen any news reports or anything about how, like... If if the uh, if the at home tests are not you know ma- manufactured before this date, it doesn't actually work. Don't bother. You know, don't trust the results. My understanding is it does work. Okay. So they come over Christmas Eve, and she was still feeling sickly, but you know, like you know, her and my nephew and brother in law, you know, which she just she was well enough to just like hang out and, and on the couch and chat with us and whatnot. They go home Saturday, still feeling sickly. <laughs> Did, did she wear a mask? No. Oh my lord! Again, look. At least well, I mean, no, you no, can, no, no. Look, I'm just saying from a sickness standpoint, though. Like you knew she well, was sick. It might, it might well, not have been me, Omicron or anything, but she could have had a flu. Let me put it. Let me, a, well, let me put it this way: like coronavirus has reset some of our thoughts about things. And when I say that, I mean that in the past, like my sister regularly gets sick with something, some kind of something around Christmas. It's just, she, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think she hasn't, she doesn't have an autoimmune disorder or anything. She's just prone to getting something. Like I have a, I have a photo from 1997 where I'm sitting there, I'm sitting on an Ottoman playing Tomb Raider amongst a pile of, uh, Christmas wrapping and she's she's bundled up in a blanket on her side sleeping because she was sick. Um I mean yeah, like look look like you can you can an outsider can question several aspects of this. Oh, we will. <laughs> I'm going to form a committee and we're going to call a hearing. I mean at this point like her main symptom is like a, a, a is is a is a very very sore throat. And if it's like strep or something like that, we would have to have been like sharing drinks or something. Um, but regardless, they go home Christmas day. They come back over. She's still feeling sickly, but you know, like she takes Tylenol and whatnot. And she's feeling like well enough to participate and, and whatnot. They go home Sunday. She wakes up feeling like her throat is like so painful and like swollen that they decide to go to the urgent care. At this point, now, she the, the plan was for her and my nephew to come back over on Sunday to hang out and, like, stay the night because she was off Monday and Tuesday. Because she was feeling so bad, they just dropped Elias off with, with my parents so that, like, you know, she could just, like, feel sickly and, and they, could, they could have a break. Um, well, she goes to urgent care. I mean, at this point, everybody knows where the story is going. They tested for COVID, positive for COVID. <laughs> so at that point, my dad was on the phone with her. I didn't, re- I didn't, you know, I was like, oh, he was like, oh, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, what has happened? And he tells me, I immediately put my mask on. And 
And the th- here's, I want to make clear because like it's going to be easy to point fingers and whatnot. Like my mom was like, she saw me do that. She was like, do you think we should put our masks on? And I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you to put a mask on in your house. I, I'm not going to, it's hard to explain, but like, I didn't want to be, I don't know. I look, that was a mistake. I should have said, yes, we should all put our masks on but at the same time. I didn't want it to be like a fight, you know, a constant yeah. fight of why don't you have your mask on? You should have put your mask on. Like, especially it. between my mom and my dad, like they sleep together, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and the idea being at that point, like we were thoroughly exposed. <laughs> um, but it like, I think I think what this ended up being was like a front row seat to the failure and how we as a society apocalypse of, of the failure of how we as a society have failed to deal with COVID. Cause I, I thought about this in the afterwards, like if a family member gets COVID aside from the fact that they're quarantined. And at this point, you know, Danielle went luckily my, my, at my, at her house, they have a basement. It's fully uh, finished with the bathroom. It's even got like a microwave and a fridge down there. She was like fully ready to isolate in the basement, which she did. Um, I had I immediately put my mask on, and I ultimately did not take my mask off uh, when I was around anybody else because you know when what else and it was like. And the thing is, is like my parents, like I said, they're all boosted. They're all vaccinated. I don't have these dumbass family members that I'm sure some people have that just refuse to get vaccinated. And I, and I, I, I'm not a religious man, but I'll just say, I thank God for that regularly. <laughs> you know, I thank my lucky stars that my mom was still wearing a mask, even though in fucking Jefferson County, Missouri, you go to Walmart and you have to look for people wearing a mask. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, and they were, like I said, they were boosted, you know, they were, they yeah. were on, everybody was on board with things, but anyway, so. So how many people ended up getting it? So Elias goes back Monday. Um, I'm to, I, I, and I'm like, okay, we need to get tested, but we can't get tested now. We have to wait. You know, the CDC says there is an incubation period. We have to wait. Like, again, like front row seat to understanding how this virus spreads, because, you know, my my parents were thinking like, well, we're we're already exposed. Either we have it or we don't. And I'm like, one of us could be exposed and have gotten it or we're all exposed. One of us could get it. And then get sick and then give it to someone else and then get sick and then give it to someone else. You know, this was all why I was like, I'm just going to have my mask on. I'm just going to wear my mask. And I was telling them like, what if I have it? I don't want to give it to you guys. Fast forward to Wednesday when my brother-in-law takes my nephew to get tested. My brother-in-law incredibly tests negative. My nephew tests positive. And at that point, I mean, the good news is, is like that he didn't have any symptoms. Now, the next day he woke up, he had a little bit of a headache, um, like a touch of fever and a touch of a sore throat. And that was as bad as his symptoms ever got. And it's it's now Wednesday of the following week and he's perfectly fine. Now, the school won't let him go back after 10 days. Thank goodness. Even though it, and the, the funny thing is, is like that 
Wednesday, I think it was, when the CDC announced, like, oh, if you test positive, uh, as long as you don't have symptoms after five days, you don't need to quarantine. You should wear a mask, though. You know, I'm making a, a sound because, like, if you didn't see the news, <laughs> like, the fucking CEO of Delta was like, hey, it'd really help us, you know, basically yeah. being like, well, like we need you to be a team. Owner, I think, right? Huh? All the business owners were like, please. Yeah, like several right? airlines, but like the, the it was when it happened. The the first one that popped up was the like the someone got a hold of the letter that Delta sent to the government or whoever. I don't I don't know exactly who they sent it to. You know that specifically because they were like, if it was five days, that would really help out things. You know, and then the CDC's like, oh, five days. You know, and and <laughs> I, yeah, it's that that whole thing. Like we, we're definitely moving into the. I feel like as a people, as a country, as a government, there's lots of people that are like trying to move into, well, Omicron's not so bad. And I don't know. It's just too many people getting sick and being out of work. Yeah, exactly. Blood makes the capitalism engine run. So I'll try to finish out my long story, but I was supposed to fly back Thursday. Well, five days from exposure was Thursday. I went ahead and pushed my flight out. Luckily, Alaska Airlines. Let me tell you, folks, if you have a chance to fly Alaska Airlines, let me tell you, great airline. So I'll go onto their website, and they already like from your web from the website. They're like, we have flexible, um, 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 flight Travel change. Dates. Just yeah. like you just like log into your account. Like I want to fly on this day instead. Oh, okay, same price. You know, it's the same kind of ticket. You're good to go. It was fucking super easy. So I went ahead and pushed mine out to to Friday. With the knowledge that like I may have to push it out further, depending on what happens. So parents go uh also go Wednesday and get their negative test. Again, like I like a, you know, we've got they're getting negative and, and they're they're like, yay, you know, we're negative. And I'm like, yay. However, you know. <laughs> It has not been five days, and and the five day thing, like that's no guarantee. It's not like oh, the virus takes exactly five days to incubate. It can, inc- I mean, Omicron, it's like turning around in like two to three days sometimes. But you know, old school coronavirus could like incubate for like fourteen fucking days, right? So I'm like, mm, let's not get too excited. This is good news, but let's not too get too excited. And then I go and get tested Thursday, negative. Thank goodness. Uh, and Friday and every day I'm like, okay, how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? So uh, Friday comes and my brother-in-law starts showing symptoms. Um, so he never got retested, but we know for sure that he got it, <laughs> which is no surprise. I mean, you know, he fucking, you know, it's the wife yeah. of my wife sister who was, had COVID, you know, and was having to deal with Elias. I mean, once Elias tested positive on Wednesday, then he had to, he had, uh, they had him quarantining upstairs <laughs> in his bedroom. I mean, it was just like, it would have been even with my brother-in-law like boosted. Now, all of that is to say, um, as it turns out, my sister never like lied and said she was boosted. I just assumed she was boosted because I knew that my parents were boosted. And I knew that Elias had gotten his shot I knew that Chris was boosted. I just, I never, I never asked my sister. Turns out that she had not gotten around to it at that point, which is like, 
and this on this day, like January fifth, I want I want to paint a picture of how bad Omicron has been and like the perfect storm of timing it is because it was just like I think December second or first that they authorized federally anyone over eighteen to get the booster, and as soon as they did, I ran to the website because they announced it like a few days beforehand. I don't know if you remember this. I ran and like to to where I got my original shots and like looked at appointments and was able to book an appointment for the day that it was authorized, uh, December third or fourth. And and uh, like a day later, Jennifer was like, "Oh, hey, um, I I can't get a shot from my healthcare provider until like January. Can you send me the link to this place?" I was like, "Sure, here you go." And so we ended up getting our appointments. And then like two days later, we had another friend that was like, Hey, I'm having trouble finding a, a, an appointment. And I go and I, I'm like, Oh, let me go look at this website where I got my appointment on December 4th. And it's, they're like pushed out to January at that point. So all of that is to say this blindsided a lot of people who were like, you know, not immediately out to get their booster. And I'm in, and I will, I will say like the booster kind of put me on my ass. It, it hit me harder than any, vaccine i had got i'd ever gotten before like i felt like i had full-on flu symptoms like completely zoned out feverish achy for like two days when i did it so like i anyway so point is biggest point about this is so friday comes along i end up using the other test from the at-home test that my sister had gotten just to just like double check to see if i was still negative and then I fucking like, I usually check a bag, but I borrowed one of my uh, parents' bags <laughs> because simultaneously of this going on, because of Omicron hitting like, you know, everywhere and everyone. And Seattle had an utterly abnormal winter storm event where it was below freezing for like five days straight. Straight, I want I, I, that is virtually unheard of in Seattle. We usually stay like in the forties, you know, get up into the high thirties, even on like a cold winter day. We're very, we're coastal. That was complete. Like all of that combined was like fucking shit up at airports all around the country, but most definitely at SeaTac. So like I ended up like, uh, uh, like getting as much stuff into a carry on (laughs) so that I could just get off the plane and get through the fucking airport. Um, and then ended up, um, you know, kind of staying away from Jennifer and wearing a mask at home and through Monday, just in case. Um, And so far, no symptoms. This is now, I don't know, like 12, 11 days, 12 days after exposure. I'm still amazed even, even being boosted. I mean, to me, this is like a vaccine success story. Uh, Even my brother, you know, my nephew got it, but he had mild symptoms. My brother-in-law got it, mild symptoms. Me, my mom, and my dad never got it. After, yeah, but I mean, like you know, like you think. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that there's like kissing involved amongst your fam, your 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 sister and their family. So, like, well, yeah, but. I mean, you have to like if if you haven't been paying attention to to how contagious Omicron is. Like, I'm seeing anecdotes of people saying that they are, you know, tr- you know, boosted, wearing masks everywhere, 
and they still got sick and they don't even know where they got sick. Like honestly going to that fucking airport, even all masked up, I didn't, I didn't take water. I didn't take food. You know, the only time I took my mask down is the goddamn TSA. Uh, uh, you probably noticed yeah. this cause you've flown a couple times this year. Like you go up, you give them your ID and they make you pull your fucking mask down, which is like, cool. You know, <laughs> really trying to keep this mask on my man. Um, well, that was like, can you really not recognize just the top of my eyes? And st- that, <laughs> does that not look the same in my photo? Yeah. Like, do I look that much different with a mask on? <sighs> TSA, TSA is fucking horseshit anyway. So that's my I, I, long I COVID what, story. And that's, I, that's my like, uh, you know, if, if, if there's anything to come out of this, guys, anybody listening, please get boosted. Don't put it off. Don't think, eh, whatever, or, you know, I already got my shot. What's the big deal? Or don't think that, like, eh, Omicron's not, it's not that bad. I feel Hospitalizations like, are going up tremendously oh yeah. every day. I feel you like the, the TSA is probably for people that couldn't make it as cops, but wanted to still be power assholes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. So well, I'm glad I'm glad uh your parents didn't get infected and you didn't Me too. Infected, yeah. Um you know they're 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 both around 70. That's uh that's you know boosted or not. I certainly didn't want them to get covid and I didn't want to get covid so after two fucking years of this, right? Like being careful, not being one of these assholes who's just like go into parties and go into bars and you know Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I could do it over again, I wish I hadn't gone. I wish I had just been careful because, you know, my sister ended up getting it. And But at the end of the day, we don't know where she, we don't really know where she got it. We don't. Come on. We know where she got it. I mean, I could have fucking brought it. I'm, well, not really, because she was already feeling sick, like the day I first saw her. But we know where she got it. Yeah. Where'd she get it? I don't know. I was just trying to imply something there. That, oh, okay. <laughs> that people make up their own conclusions where she got it from. So, anyway, now that now that Omicron looms over us, we are we are battening down again. But uh, anyway, yeah, so just, my- just get it and get it over with, man. That's all I gotta say. Just everybody go out there, kiss yeah. the person that has it. Just have like a like the measles parties. Yeah, people, let's just, that people used to have for their kids. Yeah, just, just get it and get done with it. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Let Darwinism take over. <laughs> Look, man, if I could snap my fingers and just, you know, Let Thanos snap every single unvaccinated person, I Come genuinely on, believe the world would be better in every way. I don't think so. I mean, well. I, and I, obviously I'm excluding what I mean is like people who can easily get vaccinated and have decided that they don't want to. Uh, I'm not yeah. talking about, you know, the the ridiculous number of third world country people who still can't get a fucking vaccine shot. Well, it's like we were uh, I was gaming over at Kimberly's and one of her friends was saying, like, I don't want to get a shot every year. And I'm all like, you do it for the flu, though. And she's like, well, that's different. And I was like, what? No, it's what? not. No, it's not. I thought you were going to say she was going to respond. No, I don't. But she does. And she's like, that's different. Fuck you. Oh, boo hoo. You've got to get two shots now. Like, 
This is the world we're living in. You don't get to be like, I don't wanna. Yeah. I was just like, whatever. I just it just blew yeah. my mind. Like, like you can accept one thing, but you can't accept another. Right. So anyway, how about that Matrix movie? Yeah, you know, I wasn't. I wouldn't saw it in theater with Dave, with David. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I knew going into it, people were talking about it and you know being bad on it and everything. I mean, yeah, I like I like the premise of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the the. I, like I should it. say that we're probably we're gonna we're gonna get spoilery. Oh, on yeah. this movie because I want to I want to talk about right. it. I liked that it was very meta at the beginning. Yes, like, to me that's very Matrix. You yes, know? Matrix w- was about like what is real, like mm-hmm. what what world are we is like, and I th- I personally would have liked it if they would have jumped on being out of the matrix was still in another matrix. Huh? Because that would have helped me be like, okay, it makes sense that Neo could still have powers, had powers when he got out (laughs) of the fucking matrix. Yeah. That would actually be, I agree, Matt, that would have been like an interesting, you know, way to, way to play around with the world. Cause like, that's the, that's to me, that's the biggest problem with the franchise that I have is that when he got into the real world, he could, he had superpowers. Yeah. Like, and spoilers, they don't get into that in this movie. They, they, they have still yet to explain. If anything, they give him more superpowers. Well, I mean, well, I don't know if any, I mean, they, he doesn't do anything outside. No, he does. I mean, like when they're showing the flashbacks of them being recreated or whatever, you know, being rebuilt, that he talks oh. about how when they touch each other, yeah, that's they're true. like they make like fucking explosions or some no, you're shit. Right. You're I absolutely even... right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and I was like, this makes no what? I was like, what? <laughs> so yeah, my whole thing is that I would have liked to have seen to where they were like, you know what? There's a matrix inside, and like, what is? We'll never know what reality. It kind of almost, <sighs> almost like Inception. Where you're like, oh, who knows what the fuck happened at the end of Inception? Who knows? Real life? Who knows? <laughs> well, so, like, so, so I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would differ the two things because, like, in the Matrix, it was a a major plot, or it was a major, it was a twist at the end of the second Matrix that he could do things outside of the Matrix. They make it like a thing in the movie without ever like satisfyingly explain it (laughs) in inception. You have a complete story. And then at the end, it's just kind of leaves it open in a, in in my opinion, Uh, in a fun way. No, it's a shit way. Uh, (laughs) You're here to tell the story, tell the whole goddamn story. Damn it. So Um, yeah, I agree with you. Like the first 30 to 45 minutes, I was like, this is really interesting because when they pull out of the little, experimental experimental module that he had written that basically like mimicked to the matrix and you see like all the like matrix toys around him and he's sitting and it's like oh what the fuck is this and you find out that like oh in his you know in this new world uh thomas anderson has the matrix is a game trilogy that he has 
you know was the genius of you know he's the the uh um yeah the creator the designer god i was i was he was like the will will Wright of this this game and he's working at this company and they even they even have this moment where like the you know that he made that a long time ago they're working on this other game now he feels like that's something in his past and it's done and then his boss is like all right well warner brothers really wants us to make matrix four and he's like oh man and then you have all the you got this like montage where he's sitting with all these other developers and they're talking about like what is the matrix what makes the matrix you know they're basically like pitching ideas for the new game and like at that moment i was like oh this is this is interesting this is going to be interesting it's going to be an interesting movie and i would say that's the last time i felt optimistic about the movie the movie has some cool ideas yeah i would say like my my like my biggest issue time in the movie is towards the middle where they pull neo out and they go to io and it's like like they and io like looks like this like it looks big and awesome and yet it, like you hardly see any people in it but you're like okay this is cool and and i liked the ideas of of like machines and humans working together io just can't have all those raves you know like i mean yeah i guess that's what brought down zion yeah they're like literally they they had one one of those raves and they're like you know jumping and pounding and like (laughs) stone the walls come down yeah and then and then you know you've got um they, you've got uh, Niobe is there, which was which is kind of cool, um, and she's like, yeah, and then she explains what happens, and I gotta tell you, Matt, what she says happens is like she says like several different things, and none of it really like made any sense to me. She was like, well, Zion, you know, they held on to Morph- oh. Morpheus to the end, couldn't let go of his beliefs. And then they, she implies that that's what did them in, but she doesn't say how they were done in. Yeah, really? like I, I guess, and, there she, was, and they're like, yeah, I guess they were stuck in like a past kind of. I don't, system. I don't know. And then they, and then they imply that like, okay, so Neo freed everyone effectively, but not not freed like people out of the matrix. He just like the machines agreed not to attack them. So then the machines. Like due to scarcity, whatever the they don't quite imply what the scarcity <laughs> yeah, is from. It wasn't like people just started jumping out of the matrix. It doesn't seem like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They they're like okay. Then the machines had a civil war, but then they don't that that then they don't say like what became of that war. They don't I, that I missed again. I only yeah. seen the movie once, and I thought I was paying pretty good attention. They don't like so again. Like it's just like a bunch of stuff. Just like then this happened, and this this was a thing. We're not going to tell you what happened there. Then it was just like, what is happening? I don't understand. You know. And then the the Morpheus character. Let's get into the Morpheus and Agent Smith characters, <laughs> because I feel like they wanted to have Hugo Weaving and Lawrence Fishburne, but they were like, nah. <laughs> but then they were like, no, but we want to have these characters. So I will say that it's kind of clever that they're able to have a Morpheus because it's the version that uh, Thomas Anderson programmed into his little module. Yeah. 
And this character Bugs, one of the new characters, like helps him escape. And then the Morpheus character, like, tries to help Neo escape. So that's that's kind of interesting. Except I I thought it was handled really like ham handedly. <laughs> and yeah, well, it didn't really make much sense. Uh-huh. Uh like how a program could escape something. I mean, we saw it with Agent Smith. It didn't really make much sense either, him jumping into that one guy's body. Well, uh, I, I, I would, I would, but, I would theorize that it kind of makes sense that. So if if Tom, if Thomas Anderson, I'm going to keep using that name, even though it's way more syllables than just saying Neo. Uh, if he programs two different personas, right? So you got to say, well, yeah, exactly. If he programmed this version of Morpheus and he programmed him in the Matrix, then he's basically like programming well in the matrix <laughs> in the matrix right so theoretically that program can come out of the the, the his program because ultimately it's all the same thing kind you, of one, right one thing that didn't make any sense to me was when like he opened up a door like he was the the key master yeah they and kind of like, like what i was like what they, they kind of like they just kind of it's it's like you're just supposed to accept which i kind of can that except i think that they should have explained it a little better even if it's just an yeah. offhand comment like 60 years have passed and they've now gained the ability to use door portals and they no longer need phones apparently they can just like escape out of a mirror it's like okay i guess technology's improved i i will say one of the things i i liked was the character uh the the dozer type character the way he's able to like put in like a translucent uh semi-invisible form of himself Oh yeah, that only um, other, only only, he, only people can see. Right, like that was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, so Morpheus gets out, but then it's like his boss turns out to be Agent Smith, but like ha- had been made to forget that he was Agent Smith, I guess. And then, well, it was that now, the yeah analysis guy, right? Their analyst. What was it? The analyst is that the guy's name? The Neil Patrick Harris guy? Yeah. Right. That he had like... He, he had made... Or he had... Did he make Agent Smith? Or he I, don't know, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Because we thought that Agent Smith died. You know, effectively was finally purged at the end of the third Matrix movie. But here he is again. Maybe he was reconstituted. I don't know. And for some reason well, now he looks like Jonathan Goff. It must have been Thomas Anderson. Must have wrote him in. No, because he's not from his game. He's his boss at the video game design company he works at. Oh, that's true. And it's funny you say that, Matt, because we watched the movie yesterday. And today I was thinking, like, you know, it would have been a lot more interesting is if in the module where Neo or Thomas Anderson has effectively recreated the scene from the first Matrix, where, where the Morpheus program is pulled out by bugs... I think it would have been interesting if in that program, Agent Smith is there because he was there originally, right, in the first movie. And it would have been interesting if in addition to the Morpheus that Thomas programmed, the Agent Smith was able to like, like he got a whiff of bugs and Morpheus escaping. And he was like, oh, you know, and we and if we found out that agent smith escaped the module as well and i think it would have been a lot more interesting if agent smith like 
was purged in the third Matrix movie, but because uh, Thomas Anderson, like, you know, because the, they kind of imply in this movie that, like, they're, they're the yin and yang, right? Like, they kind of have to be together. So it would have been interesting if, like, because Thomas Anderson programmed Agent Smith, because he can't seem to get away from him, if that Agent Smith had escaped into the real world and started chasing him. I think that would have been a lot more interesting, but that's just me trying to like rewrite a movie that I think ultimately is extremely messy. And, you know, like without, I just, I, I don't feel so they, so they did a new matrix movie, right? Which feels like when you hear about that, you go cash grab, right? And my understanding is that Warner brothers has the rights to the matrix. And we're like, we're going to do this. And they went to Lana Wachowski um, the other Wachowski uh, sister, I, I can't remember her first name. You know, I guess she's out. I guess they had a, a split at some point. But um, so they went to Lana Wachowski and was like, we're going to make this fucking movie. Kind of like at the beginning of this movie where, you know, the boss of Thomas Anderson is like, look, Warner Brothers has said we're going to they're going to make this game with us or without us. So, you know, we can either be on board or you can let your your precious, you know, story go. And so. Apparently, Lana was like, okay, well, I'll make this. And, and there's a lot of people out there that are saying that, you know, this this is this is her heart. You know, she she had full control and she had, you know, this is this is her true vision. And I, I just, if that's so, then I think that there's not a lot of creatively interesting things <laughs> left. I'm sorry with Lana Wachowski. Or, or she needs to move on and try something new again. Because... If that's so, this movie still felt like a cash grabby nostalgia thing, especially continuing. Like, there's so many scenes that they just pull from the old Matrix. There's a fucking scene where they're trying to pull Neo out and they're like, oh, we used scenes from your game. But the scenes from the game are just the scenes from the fucking movie. Which it just felt awkward and ultimately just felt like, hey, remember this? Because we're doing this again. You know, and I just, there are so many little, like, like callbacks and not in a fun way, but in a like, hey, remember this kind of way, you know. Um, I didn't even understand the bullet time thing. Oh, the the way that, like, the analyst programmed. Yeah. Like, figured out bullet time and, and programmed it in. Yeah. I don't I I was like. I don't know what he's, I don't know what's going on right now. I was like. Well, I will say, I will say it makes sense that he would come up with a way to like slow down the matrix without slowing himself down. Like that's interesting and creative. Um, but I, I still don't understand how, I mean, I guess cause Neo was just like am, amnesiac and an amnesiac, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't figure out how to, you know, revert that you know yeah i agree entirely matt like when 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 they shoot the when they shoot the when when the analyst has that guy shoot the bullet at trinity i fully expected neo would like he'd reach out and he'd he'd suddenly be like normal time yeah Yeah. and the analyst would be like whoa you know like well he wouldn't (laughs) whoa he would be like i didn't expect that you know and then and then the movie would go from there but that doesn't happen um Or so, use this force field push that he used everywhere. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't even get me started. Yeah. Like, again, you know, there's a lot of people that point out that there's two kinds of, well, there's all kinds of Matrix fans. And there, there's there's a Matrix fan that's like, 
I want the bullet time and the shooty shoot and the cool choreography. And I mean, I'm sorry, but if you don't think that that's a big part of what made the matrix great, then you're being willfully ignorant. Now we acknowledge that that's not the only thing that made it great, but that's the reason why the first matrix movie is a classic. It is both a mind fuck that gets into philosophical questions and issues and discusses things while at the same time being fucking awesome as an action movie. Right. Yeah. This movie was not fucking awesome as an action movie, in my opinion. <laughs> the, the scene at the end, there was only one scene of action that I thought was like genuinely interesting and engaging, and it's when they, they do start the swarm. Yeah, yeah, and they start like throwing bodies out the window. I was like, all right, this is interesting. And besides that, like before that, it's like, oh, all the we can just turn all the people into zombies. Yeah, I didn't even and understand it's like, it. And you and you see that, and all and all I could think was like, why would they do that now? This is clearly strictly inferior. I mean, yeah, you can more easily be wherever you need to, but these characters are strictly inferior to agents. Well, that and it's like, um, aren't these people batteries to you? Like, yeah, you saying like you don't have enough energy? <laughs> well, I, I guess. I suppose theoretically, if you are trying to stop Neo and Trinity from escaping, because like you, at that that point they had decided the premise is that oh Neo and Trinity need to be close to each other, but not too close to each other. That's why I I reconstituted them, like created them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, also I suppose they... theoretically, you're willing to sacrifice a few thousand batteries out of you know I don't know however many billion, but still. Yeah, and like, it's also like, oh, also they didn't age as poorly as everybody else. And like, I didn't even like it's well, been sixty years, so we've made we've somehow made new cells of them. I, I get, yeah, no, no. The the analyst explains that he literally recreated them. Yeah, he, well, he took their dead bodies. And That's I guess saying. had the ability to like re you know like fit, fix fix their bodies and bring them back to life. I guess. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he could he did that, but then there was still 60 years of life. You know, their bodies would have taken. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, Matt. Like, Again, I, that all falls I, apart. I guess they figured out how to slow aging process or clone. I thought they were. I thought maybe they were going to spin it as clones. But with the whole right. show and the reconstruction and everything, I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's out the window. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess. I I thought the heist at the – well, first of all, here's another thing heist. I had an issue with. Heist. So, so, yeah, the body heist. <laughs> so they go back to Niobe after she's pissed that bugs had taken things. Yeah. Like, and when they're like – and they don't give any good reason for why they need to get Trinity out. They and don't. In, and in they fact – when they went back, I was expecting Niobe to be like, you guys are idiots. <laughs> and honestly, I expected to her to have like a villain turn where she's like, we need to put you back in the Matrix. Because clearly this is a problem. And that's, you know, like they, they, they're they going to fuck sh- Like we're going to, our, 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 our truce is going to end if they don't have their Neo. And I think that would have been an interesting way to take the story if they like have to escape and then go get Trinity out in the face of everything. But no, she's like, I need volunteers for a mission. Like total, like mode, like just total, like confusing motivation switch. Not to mention, like, I, I'm sorry, but 
you you were a you played a pivotal part and were front row seats to Neo doing shit. Right. Like, how do you not believe like he did everything he did? Like, I just right. She seemed very skeptical at the in that movie, and I was all like, Yeah, how like are when you she skeptical? when she imprisons Neo, that felt very contrived. Like, what? Why? <laughs> you know. And not only that, but they do it, and he immediately escapes. There's no, you know, tension about, oh, man, he's in prison now. They don't even have, like, a moment where he has this, like, time to contemplate, like, what's going to happen next. He literally, they lock the door. He's like, oh, there's a balcony. He goes out in the balcony, and they're like, we're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. like, All right, let's go. No one's watching them. We don't, we don't understand how she was able to get her ship back or anything. And then, and then the heist... Which made no sense to me. First of all, the Morpheus character can they do that? They introduce this thing where he can appear in, on the ship using you know nano robots, basically. Yeah. And like, okay, that's kind of cool. I like the idea of that. They come up with this thing again. Like this, this movie is full of interesting ideas that they just completely squander. That he can like walk around the ship and like you know like help out and whatnot, but they imply that like. Yeah, he comes out of this thing in the ship. I mean, to me, it implies that, like, he has to be he's, on the he's ship. He's limited to the ship. Yeah. yeah. But nah. No. Nah, he can just, like, run around. And they do these scenes. And again, I'm, I'm nitpicking a little bit at this point. But, like, where he's got to, like, climb things. And he jumps. And he lands like it has weight. But these nanobot things are, like, floating around him. <laughs> implying that if he wanted to, he should be able he to, like... Fly. Swarm through the air like a like a swarm of sentinels, for example. So again, just these like it's it's the kind of thing you see in a movie where someone has like interesting ideas, but they're not at all interested in making it make sense. <laughs> they just want to do stuff. They want it to happen. They just want it to happen. Yeah, yeah. And Jennifer pointed out. So if you remember when they got Neo out, he was like, "We have to get Trinity," and they're like, "I can't do that because yeah. these two robots are now exiled." Yeah. Cut to the heist. The two robots are apparently not exiled because <laughs> they're helping out. <laughs> Again, just completely just like, pfft. movie must happen. If you, Did you watch the pitch meeting for this, by the way? I did. Oh, it's, mwah. it honestly like, it kind of just like, it, it just says all of what I'm saying in a, in a funnier and better way, <laughs> to be honest. Um, So they're just like, apparently not exiled. They don't, I don't understand how barely the, a problem, barely an inconvenience. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand how the program that was the little girl at the train station in the third Matrix movie. First of all, they didn't need to do that callback. There are way too many callbacks in this movie that just feel like, "Hey, remember that? Remember? Remember that? Remember that? Remember that? Remember that part of the movies? You liked that part, didn't you?" Um, I don't understand how what she was doing to like get Trinity out. I don't understand why the blue-haired girl bugs needed to be there apparently apparently they had to like cross jack in bugs to yeah. like take out trinity or something apparently I yeah i don't i don't even i don't even know where trinity was at like i thought they were going to put her in like some kind of white room or something like they did with Neo and other right. people, you know, I thought that was, but then, but then they didn't, I don't, or. Yeah. Like, 
they imply that the analyst has her hostage somehow. It was like, it was like, maybe she was like a placeholder for them to like unjack jack her from there and then jack her into another connection into the matrix because she ends up taking back over her body. I don't know how that happened. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I was like, whatever. At some point, I mean, again, I've watched the movie one time. I'm sure I missed something, especially because I was already very down on the movie at this point. But like (laughs) they switched to getting her out to now she's on the ship with Neo or with Thomas Anderson and they're jacked in. I'm sure. I have to imagine that they gave some kind of explanation for that, but I don't fucking remember it. But, um, yeah, I just, and then she I was, can fly. And, and then she can fly, which is like, I, whatever. I, I didn't have a huge problem with that because at that point, the movie had established that it's not just the one, it's the two, like there's Neo and there's Trinity and they need each other. Um, so sure, I, I guess she can fly. I mean, I've seen a lot of, I've seen comments online where it kind of like devalues her as a character by just giving her superpowers. I don't really have a big opinion on that. Um, but I mean, they, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, Matt, like what I, what I really want. And the thing that really kind of personally bugs me is that my understanding was that a lot of the of the original movie was also i mean it was an allegory about freedom of choice and 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 breaking through illusions and prisons and being free and you know and and figuring out who you really are as a person and there are allegories to that to like um transgender people but but not just transgender people but but people who are living a life that are that is not who they are and i wanted the movie to explore that like honestly matt if if the movie had just been this like philosophical like non-action piece that just explored that more thoroughly i would have enjoyed that a lot more but also like again like you would think I would, I would think, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to tell Lana Wachowski, like, how to express herself, but, like, I would think that having, you know, basically full bore to do what she wanted, that we would get a little more of something like that. Like, I thought it would have been really interesting if one of the uh, crew members in the, in the, in the, in the real world, when they jack into the Matrix, was, like, a different sex, you know? Or, or if nothing else, like looked completely different. I thought it would be like a really interesting analysis of the way people like are both trying to express who they really feel like while also, you know, being free to try on personalities just because they feel like it. You know, as someone who regularly plays in video games, characters of, of uh, the gender opposite of myself. Um, anyway, so. Yeah, there was a little bit of wishing and expectation that I put on this movie. But even aside from all that, um, I mean, if if this is, again, I will say, if this is what Lana, if Lana Wachowski got to do exactly what she wanted to do in this movie, I'm happy for her. And then I'm just disappointed that she didn't have anything <laughs> <laughs> that, that spoke to me more. Because this movie is speaking to a lot of people. Like, it's very polarizing. Um, 
but uh yeah i was i was pretty disappointed in him yeah it's not a terrible movie i think everybody should watch it yeah. i think it's i think yeah, there like are I lots said, of things to talk about i think it's a i think it's a fine hbo max you know movie. yes yes uh, i was like if you got hbo max sure go ahead watch it right i don't think i don't i mean like i i like like you said i think we both agree we like the meta stuff in the first like 45 minutes of it or so of just like them exploring like yeah you know what is reality and you know what is you know this and all right. that kind of stuff well the so, meta of like you know what is it what is it to be a creator who has who has created something really famous and popular and then be you know like basically have be blackmailed into making more of that even though you feel like you've already made enough because the you know, capitalism says, well, this is really popular and we own it. So we're going to make it or you're going to make it. And if you don't make it, we're going to make it. You know, that would have been like if they'd explored that more, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, just real quick. I started I tried to play this game Monster Train. It's a it's a card builder game. I bought it on Switch. Um, and I just wasn't feeling it. I, I I don't have anything to complain about in the game. I can't even like put into words what I, what is not working for me. I just, the way the game plays was not engaging for me. Um, but, uh, anyway, I, 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 lots of people really like this game. Lots of people that liked Slay the Spire like this game, like this game more even. You know, if, you, if you've if you played and liked Slay the Spire, that's a game I've put fucking hundreds of hours into. I would recommend trying it out, checking if it's on sale. But, uh, uh, and then I bought a game called Loop Hero. Loop Hero, also on Switch. Um, I'm sticking with this one. It's not immediately grabbed me. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. It's like, um... It's fucking. It's so hard to explain that I won't. I won't even get into it. I would actually just recommend. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a sprite based kind of old school pixel based game where you are building out your character who is walking around a path, and then you lay out tiles on the path, and some of the tiles spawn enemies, and you're like, you want that to happen because you're trying to level up, and you're also trying to restore a broken world. I, it's a strategy game. <laughs> Watch a video. Um, and that that's about, that's that's pretty much what Did I've got. Did we talk to... about Spider-Man? We didn't talk about Spider-Man. Holy fuck. So did you get to see that? I saw it. Okay. Because I knew that you were, you didn't see it immediately. You were waiting to see it for, or whatever. Yeah, What'd I you saw think? it that Sunday. Hmm. Uh... I think it's funny because I know you didn't watch the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans. I watched the first one. We went to the theater oh, okay. to see that one. Okay. And that was all I needed to see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I did not like that one. And then I saw even worse reviews for the sequel. So I never bothered. <laughs> they make a lot of calls to that second one. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I Again, was, spoilers was, for this movie. Um, but yeah, yeah. Sorry. It was funny to me, like, because, like, I I don't even remember, like, uh, the, there's the scene where Tobey Maguire, I guess, they talk about the webbing or whatever, and 
Like, I don't even remember him not having shooters. That's oh, really? Like, I don't even, I, I was like, is that, was that something? Oh, okay. I don't <laughs> remember that at all. Like, I was like, you know, that's what, 99, 2000? 2001. 2001. Yeah. So I was like, I don't even remember. I don't remember much. I mean, I'm, I could probably tell you the movies that like what's going on but i don't remember him like just shooting it out of his arm yeah well they don't make it like a big plot point but they just uh yeah i th- i think they realized because it's always been kind of goofy well in the comics spider peter parker was pretty smart but it's also been kind of goofy that as a teenager he was able to create right. these fantastic web shooter well, things and had the fluid like on his arms so i well, think that's what- i, I I remember when they made that decision, it was like, it was thought to be like a a creative way to just give him web shooters. Well, like I like the explanation in the Andrew Garfield universe, which is that his parent, his dad, I think, or something was actually working on it. Oh, okay. And he found that the formula, I think his dad had made. Right. Right. That's why his dad got killed or something. Right. Like, so like I like the idea that it wasn't totally him, you know, like yeah. or he maybe you know he picks up where his dad left off or something. you know I like that idea mm-hmm. more than I do uh, anything else probably. Yeah, especially not just like I came up with it. I'm a kid. Like right. what? Right. Are you fucking Tony Stark over here or something? I mean, like <laughs> granted, Tony Stark is just Tony Stark has really elevated his ridiculousness over the Iron Man movies and Avengers movies, honestly. Um, yeah, because I mean, like he to go to the final suit that he had in Endgame or whatever is just like nanobot. Like he just pressed, yeah, like, he just had nanobots and stuff. And don't get me like, started. I don't on, know. Just like if you like, people have made videos where you watch like the first Iron Man and the suit looks heavy and like it's you know it's clunky and it's powerful, and then towards the end, it's just like, ah, eh, we don't want to do that anymore. He just made nanobots, and he can just kind of do whatever he wants, and yeah, whatever, whatever. I mean, I guess technology should progress that way, though, right? But I mean, like, still, I the, guess. the speed at which it did progress, and I don't know, and like, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, yeah, I liked, I liked, I liked it. Um, I don't think I was like overly enthusiastic about it hmm. i don't know i i don't know uh i fucking loved it yeah i thought it I was think a lot of people love it it's hard to say like i want to i want to say it was it's a masterpiece and I, I do think it is because of what they had to juggle and what they what they took and what they did and what they made like it's an interesting movie to compare to the matrix, for example, because it is a, it is uh, the Spider-Man movie is also a callback movie, right? Like, Oh, remember these old things, but instead of just being a callback movie, that doesn't have anything interesting to say. It weaves this story about fixing people. And, and instead of like destroying your enemies, like fixing them, which is just like such a lovely hero and spider-man idea and and thing to do and it ends up and and they just handle everything so 
beautifully in my opinion and and it's got well, i didn't a, like the ending the ending didn't make i mean like the only reason there was a problem with the spell was because he kept changing it up as he was doing it so at the end he could have just done one spell with all the stuff in it and done it that's what i didn't get like i understand why the problem happened because he was like okay i'm doing the spell oh shit fuck all right well i can't stop i gotta keep going right but then like at the end he already he knew what he had to do dr strange knew what he had to do so he could have just done it in the one spell instead of adding which caused the problem and i was like he doesn't have to make everybody he can just i was like whatever i kind of attributed that to the 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 realms like he was having trouble holding back all the other characters from the, from the universes. And he kind of had to like, he kind of had to pull it together on the fly eloquently. Um, ultimately like it's the, it's like, it's a great, you know, it's, 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 it's an issue where like, I love the movie so much that, yeah, I, I probably, it kind of, it's a little bit contrived to be like, well, everybody has to forget who you are now. Um, and it's and it's sad, right? Like because you know, he his he his best friend and his and the love of his life, he just has to like they're still there, but he has just has to like let them go. Well, um, I really thought, you know, I really thought I really hated that there wasn't like a love conquers scenario mm. at the end. I really thought there was gonna be. I was like, oh, you know what? He's gonna try to walk out the door. And she's going to be like, that's it. You're not going to try to, you know, like I figured Mary Jane would take or I I figured she would take that approach of like, you know, uh, kidding around with him and, and, and then like giving him shit if he didn't do anything. Mm. Um, I don't know. It really, I, I really, I really hated it. I, I didn't like the fact that it's basically just a fucking reset button. It's a total reset button. I, I just didn't like, I didn't, I was like, Oh, so all the story that we've built up is just now going to be like they'll try, they'll maybe try to do callbacks to it, but other characters won't get the references or something. Yeah, it's just, I just, it's, it's a total like we can do whatever the fuck we want to now with Spider Man because we've wiped the slate. And I don't know. It's, um, I didn't like, you know, I, I hated what happened to Aunt May. Uh, I understand it. I mean, because mm-hmm. they do make a point. I mean, I guess they just make it a point to be like, it's destiny. <laughs> yeah. Like every Spider-Man has to suffer a loss, I guess. Um, I was telling, I was telling David, I was like, I guess they never, I guess he, there was no uncle Ben. Yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, I can't I, remember if, if, if there's ever a reference to an uncle Ben, but you know, there doesn't have to be, obviously. No, there doesn't have to be. But yeah, I was just like, I, I mean, I, I, it's, what am I thinking of? I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's an Uncle Ben moment where, you know, it's like, you got to do good with your powers. I know I, that she had the exact same thing happen to her where she was like trying to help people and then she ends up dying from it right um 
Yeah, I don't I, know. But I, 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 I mean, I enjoyed that twist because, like, she was the driving morality in him. You know, he, she was trying to make the point that, like, even, even if a deranged person does something wrong and bad, that doesn't make it wrong to try and help them and fix them. That is the, that is the, that is the responsibility of his power. And I thought that was a great twist on it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I loved it. I really did. <laughs> I can't yeah, wait to well, see it again. I thought that they, yeah. you know, they could have, they could have fumbled and, and, and just like shoved a bunch of old actors into the movie and, and it could have been, you know, poorly, poorly handled like a certain other movie we just talked about. Um, and instead they completely pulled it off and, and were able to tell an interesting and unique story and they pay off. Like, again, like I didn't watch that second Andrew Garfield movie, but when he talks about how Mary Jane died in his universe and he's able to save MJ and they have that little moment and it's just like, it was, it was powerful for me. <laughs> Uh, the way they were able, the way that like, uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man was like, he basically had a therapy session with, with his, with his spider bros. Yeah. And the way they were all able to be friends. I just, I, God, I really loved it. I mean, it's, it was a little fan servicey, but like, I love a good fan service when they can pull it off and it, and it feels like they genuinely care and write you know, they want to write something, they want to do something interesting and not just put these actors together. I will say I didn't like uh, the after after scene credit with Venom. Oh, yeah. Oh, it yeah. It didn't make any sense. Like, oh, I'll get teleported away, but somehow I leave a piece of me behind? Okay. Well, not only that, which was complete horseshit, but... uh. So so a lot of people are cynically pointing out that the these movies were a partnership with Marvel Studios and and the reason that they're actually good because Sony, you know, <laughs> the, the, the studios outside of uh the Marvel Studios have not been you know, they're they're unreliable as far as making good movies. Yeah. I mean like the Venom movie is fun in some ways, but to me it doesn't hold a candle to like a good well-made Marvel movie. Uh, that partnership was only through three films plus one more appearance. So Spider-Man can appear again in a Marvel, you know, a Marvel universe movie. But a lot of people are saying that like the way they handled the end of this movie is they, they is on purpose to wipe the slate clean so that they can make their, you know, Spider-Man movies outside of the Marvel universe. And part of that is, Oh, let's bring Venom in. But like the fact that Venom is there, so the idea is in the in the uh, mid credit sequences, Venom was also pulled through into the Tom Holland world, but he just like hung out at a bar the whole time, I guess, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But then someone pointed out that like, uh, um, Tom Hardy Venom does not know who Peter Parker is. That's right. He's not the even whole a, point of the like, spell was that people who know who that Peter Parker Spider Man are pulled through. He doesn't know shit about that guy. And that there's not even a, I don't even think there's a Spider Man in the Venom universe. No, there's not. I mean, for all I know, there's like a little wink, wink, nudge, you know, reference to the Daily Bugle or something. 
Actually, he's a reporter. Maybe he worked for the Daily Beagle. I don't. I don't. I don't remember exactly. But still, but he I mean, doesn't know no, that. Yeah, there is no Spider-Man in the. I mean, like as far as I know, they don't reference Spider-Man at all right. in the Venom movies. Right. So it makes zero sense that he would have been pulled through. It's exactly the kind of thing a studio who doesn't give a fuck about their characters and having it make sense. They just like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Venom was pulled through? It'd be cool if Venom was in there. Uh, oh, okay, it's okay. He went back now. But he's going to leave a piece of, piece of the suit behind. Because that makes... Yeah, the spell... <laughs> I guess the spell wasn't perfect, Matt. It had <laughs> yeah. a leak in it. A little... Uh, leaky little poo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And I guess the, I guess the Morbius movie is supposed to be in the Venom universe. Yeah. Well, so, so, so what Sony is doing, I think is they're so Morbius, they have rights to because Morbius is technically a Spider-Man villain. So they have rights to Spider-Man and all of Spider-Man's like related characters, basically characters that have popped up in Spider-Man. I don't know. I don't know what the, how the contract reads that when, when Marvel was in the dumps <laughs> and sold off the rights way back in the day. But, so you can tell that like Sony's like, well, we're going to have our own universe. <laughs> yeah. So well, what can we dig up? Well, let's make a fucking Morbius movie because we can't have a universe with just a bunch of villains. So we're going to take Venom and Morbius characters that start out as villains, but they actually end up being good guys. We're going to give all these people movies and we'll see how that Morbius movie is. I think, I don't think it's going to be very good that they, they pushed oh, the release well. back literally seven times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for it. Uh, well, no, yeah. I think I leaned over to uh, David as a, I bet, I bet the whole soundtrack is 32nd to Mars. You know <laughs> Why is that? Mars is. That's Jared Leto's band. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. That would be funny. <laughs> I mean, funny and I like. I can't believe this ridiculous bullshit kind of way. <laughs> it's so meta, man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it does. I, I don't know. Um, I just, I walked away being like, okay, all right. Hmm. I mean, I, it just, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I think, I would, I would, I, let's see. I would, I would definitely, it would definitely be, I think I enjoy Homecoming more than that one. Uh, honestly. So it'd be Homecoming, that one, and then the other one. No way hmm. home or whatever. I just Homecoming like is a great fucking movie. I definitely would put the second one at the end, even though I, I do enjoy that movie. Yeah. Um, I just I don't I think I like Homecoming more because it's I don't know it's just I, I like the Vulture character mm-hmm. like I like how he I, I like uh, uh, Michael Keaton yeah I, I like I like his I like how he presented that character and he's a uh, great example of uh, of a great Marvel villain because you understand entirely where he's coming from. Yeah. And 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 why he does the things he does and you can kind of like, you know, like he's you know, ultimately his guys do some shitty things and he does some shitty things, but like you 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 get it. 
Yeah. And he sells that character really well. Yeah. And he has, he, he does have like, I mean, he did have, he, I felt like he had, I like villains that have character, I guess, or principles. Yeah. They, they, they won't cross like, like, you know, at the end he could give away Spider-Man's secret, but he's like, no, I'm not going to do that shit. It's like, yeah, he beat me. He beat me fair and square. And he, he, uh, you know, so I, I, you know, I have a line of respect for that. And I I like villains like that, that have like a, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say like a creed or something, but you know, whatever. They, they have a bit of honor. Yeah. But respect. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Hawkeye. Did you finish that? No. Oh, we, uh, I mean, I've only been back a, a few days. Um, we have not we have not dug into it yet. I'm I'm still we're still on episode two. <laughs> I'm gonna push Jennifer to to dig into it though. Uh, yeah, I already like I feel like I've already been spoiled on at least one thing. <laughs> so okay, well, I guess we won't talk about that then. Nope. Sorry. Uh, anything else to talk about? Not really. Uh, do you know the song uh, "Favorite Things"? These when the dog bites, when the bee stings. Yeah. yeah. So, is that a Christmas song? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. That that goes into the pile of songs that, when you listen to it, you're like, "This is not a fucking Christmas song," but it's. I mean, the melody, right? Sounds like a Christmas song for some odd reason. Like it's very. It sounds Christmas. I I looked this up a few years ago, and, and it does mention winter stuff in there, right? Yeah, well, because um, it talks about there's snow. A, there's a phrase that's like that's uh, basically like ribbons on presents. But um, what the hell. What I'm, the I'm hell? Googling and apparently there's something called like the favorite things Christmas gift exchange. I guess this is a thing. But uh, I know there's like, oh, here we go. Here's how my it's favorite from the things, sound of music. It is from the sound of music. I, I knew that because I watched this movie, that movie a lot when I was a kid. Did that happen during Christmas? No. Christmas uh, during so World War Two. The Broadway song opened November 16th, although it wasn't written as a holiday song. There were lyrical references to sleigh bells, snowflakes, silver white winters, and brown paper packages tied up with strings. So yeah, I guess there's several references. Um, The first time my favorite things became associated with Christmas was in 1961 when Julie Andrews performed the song on on a Gary Moore TV holiday special long before she starred in the movie. But but Andrews's appearance on Moore's special did not submit the song as a Christmas favorite. The tune the song wasn't released on a holiday album until 1964, when it was featured on the Jack Jones Christmas album. Yeah, a lot of people seem to recognize it though as a Christmas song. Yeah, well, and it's definitely played around Christmas. I've I've heard it in commercials. Yeah, I was just all like, I I don't know where I heard it. I don't think I heard it on the radio. Maybe I did. I don't know. 
But I was all like, is this a Christmas song? <laughs> um, yeah. What? So what is racism? So I know we all know like being, you know, disrespectful and like just malice and just, you know, we, we know what that kind of race, but I was thinking like, is like doing impressions of stereotypes. Is that racism? I mean, we're, we're two white guys talking about what is racism. Um, well, I mean, I, I think that like, cause I was trying to, I was trying to, I was trying to think like speeding Gonzalez. Is that racism? I don't know. A lot of people would say that it is. It's, 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 it's a difficult, it's like art or punk music. Like it's different. It's difficult to put a, a shape on it or, or, uh, you know, or as the Senate said, (laughs) when trying to define pornography, you know it when you see it. (laughs) Um, I, I would think that if a, if lots of people of a race are offended by something like that, then it's racist. Um, Cause, cause I think I, I don't know about you, but I, I probably have a, a, a idea of racism being like against something, you know, against race, like whether that's being negative towards it, whether it's right, being, like you like, have a negative person, perception of a race. Yeah, you you or you mistreat them or you mistreated that race or you know I don't know, but like piss poor stereotypical portrayals. It's like, is that race? It's like, well, that was so, so that would be racist because you are spreading an image, a bad image of a, of a race. Like you are, you are dumbing down and you are implying a stereotype about a race. Like you're propagating. Like we're the, uh, Jerry, Jerry Lewis, Chinese movies, the movie where he plays Chinese man or whatever. Is that racism? Yeah, I would say it is because it is, I mean, aside from the fact that it's played for laughs, like that's, that's a big sign. You're not, you're not taking the subject matter seriously. You're just like, Oh, I'm going to put, we're going to have this white guy put in like big teeth and squint his eyes. Yeah. Like that, that's totally racist. You're not you're not respecting that culture, and of course, okay. you know you when you say racist, like it also gets a little complicated because like racist is well, kind like, of a net term, even though it doesn't always necessarily refer to a quote race of people. You know, like it's kind of a net term for not respecting a a culture or or a race of people. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking the other day about how like what I couldn't think of what the terminology would be for if you hated just one, one uh, region of a geographic and one geographical <laughs> right. region of people. Like I was like, like what if, what if you just hated just Russians, you know, like <laughs> right. that's not race. I and mean, that's a not person. a race, <laughs> right? Right. That's 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 a geographical uh, region. Nationalism, I guess. I mean, well, well it was um oh, shit. 
Because somebody told me the word. Oh, there is a word. I'm sure. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's xeno, xenophobia. No. Oh, what? maybe. I think that might be right. Xenophobia. Dislike of or prejudice against a people from other countries. So that's yeah. that's sort of like that's sort of like catch all, like ideally. But then again, like xenophobia is applied. Like if you if you have a prejudice against even even like w- people of a country, yeah. that would be xenophobia. So yeah, I would I would say that that applies. Yeah, because it's like you're not against the ra- a race, you're against just <laughs> a certain sect, I guess, or right. whatever you would say there. Um. Goddamn Canadians. <laughs> I can't <laughs> uh, I can't tell if I'm just not a fan of the Twilight of Twilight Zone or like I've grown out of it, or if I, I just don't like the new episodes. Like they're just bad. I want to say it's they're just bad. Cause I I signed up for Paramount Plus because you could sign up for it on Amazon Prime for like 99 cents for the next two months. Mm-hmm. And so I signed up for it and I started watching the Twilight Zone. Like old episodes like, or the newer ones? New new stuff. Ah, okay. There's, there's the new Jordan Peele hosted stuff. And I was just all like, I just don't like these. These aren't good. And I was like, I don't know if they're not good because I just don't like that type of story anymore. Because Twilight Zone is just like, shit ain't going to end right. Like, you, you <laughs> just, you're just watching like a bad, you know, something's bad going to happen to the character. Right. Like, Twilight Zone, I don't... I'm trying to think of a Twilight Zone episode where something ends good. Like, I just... There was one episode, which is just god-awful. Um, Which is a real shame. It had... A Cowboy Bebop guy. John, John, John Cho. Cho. And um, he's playing a campaign manager uh, and he like uh, tries to like run this guy's campaign at the beginning of the the episode and he thinks he's going to win. And then it just, he doesn't, he doesn't win it for this guy. And like he's down on his luck. He doesn't uh, win it for this guy. And like, he's drinking at a bar, he's getting drunk and all this kind of stuff. Cause everybody thought this guy was going to be like a really great campaign manager. And he, flopped and so he's drinking at a bar and there's this kid that shows up on youtube that says he wants to be president and for some odd reason this sparks him into like yeah i think i can make this kid the president and the whole episode is john cho's character uh getting this one kid to campaign and try to become president and all i can think is like that's not possible you got to be 35 at least to to run for president Mm mm-hmm uh, there's no fucking way a kid could win presidency. You couldn't even have him try to. Uh, but I guess it's just supposed to be like the whole lunacy of everything, you know. Like, I guess you know, once Donald Trump got president, it's like anybody could be president. I guess if they had enough clicks, you know, or whatever, you know, the enough pool with s- social media, I guess, or something. So, anyways, it's really dumb and. Makes no fucking sense. It could never fucking happen. A kid ends up getting elected president. And everybody, he becomes, you know, it, 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 it's basically just a retelling of 
the cornfield episode because as soon as he becomes president, everybody's scared of him because like he threatens that he'll fire anybody that doesn't agree with him or something like that. I don't know. He gets to be a Mm. little shit, which, Mm. you know, that's, that's the way that kid snapping people in the corn, blinking people in the cornfield. Right. That's the way that episode plays out is everybody's afraid of him. Right. And so basically it turns out to be like that. And John Cho's character is like, this is ridiculous. Like this kid, somebody needs to like, this kid's like saying shit, like nobody should be agreeing with him. And he starts talking to people and then people are like, are you, are you being treasonous? Are you, are you trying to do treason? And he's like, no, I'm not trying to do treason. I'm just telling you, like, shouldn't somebody like step in and like, you know, be like, Hey, uh, we're not gonna give video games to, to everybody. And we're not gonna like, (laughs) He made a proclamation that there would be no old doctors. He didn't like going to the doctor. <laughs> and I was all like, well, I can already see where this is going. So it ends up happening as the kid calls him in to like play some putt putt or some shit. And <laughs> he's like, are you being treasonous? He's like, no, I'm not being treasonous. And then like they have a conversation and then the kid yells out gun and they just shoot him. They don't see a gun. But the guys just draw draw their guns and immediately shoot him. I'm all like, okay. I'm all like, people. I don't think people would just shoot a guy just because somebody yells out gun. Like, I think they would not see the guy being a threat. But, I mean, maybe they would. Maybe they would shoot him. I, I mean, if the, if the president has superpowers and they're scared of him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, John Cho's character ends up getting shot and a kid comes in to work, do surgery on him. That's how that ends. What the fuck? Yeah. Because the huh. president said there would be no old doctors. Right. And I was all like, none of this would happen. <laughs> none of this could happen. <laughs> like we have Congress. We have a set of rules in place. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, 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 there could never be a kid president. Uh, I take that back. I wonder if you could make. I know there's rules for president, but are there rules for vice president? Could you make a kid a vice president? I would think so because if the president dies, then the vice president is president. So there's. I would imagine it's the same rules. You think those say? You think all the way down, like those rules have to apply to every single member? Uh, it's a good question. Yeah, I'm saying like it feels feels like it would follow. Yeah, would have to be at least 35. I don't know. But anyways, I, it's just it's, a lot of the episodes. I was just saw like this is these aren't good. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Like these, like I don't know. I just I just think also like I just don't like Twilight Zone because they're never happy. There's never a happy ending. So it's just because which makes it so that you always know how the episode's going to end. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you may not know how exactly, but you know, it's going to be bad. Well, that's part of the fun. I mean, to to be fair, like whenever you watch a Marvel movie, you know that the superhero is going to win at the end. Right. Not not in Infinity War. Okay, yeah. yeah, Except for the one two parter. But, you know, like, yeah, there are, sure, you do know, like, it's going to end poorly. But that's, I would imagine that's part of the fun, right? Is, like, 
seeing how it goes. I, I will agree that, well, first of all, I haven't watched a ton of Twilight Zone episodes. I'm aware of some of the classics, but if you say that they always end badly, then I would that I would just have to take you at your word. But it would be a lot more interesting if they didn't all always end badly. Like, I feel like The Outer Limits was a show where... Oh, they were hit or miss. They, yeah. yeah they would, like, sometimes things went poorly. Sometimes things went okay or not so bad. Yeah. And you had amazing stories... Where that things always, good. always ended pretty well. It was like the it was like the happier Disney f- version of <laughs> Twilight Zone. Well, they were amazing stories, Justin. How are you going to have amazing stories that end shitty? Well, amazing stories yeah. can end badly. No, no, <laughs> no, it can't. I mean, that's the part of amazing, right? Those bummer stories. No, amazing just means like, wow, that was amazing. Like something crazy happened. No, but yeah, but you wouldn't say. trying to think here i would say that saving private brian is an amazing movie where a lot of the characters you like along the way get killed (laughs) i wouldn't say amazing i'd Mm. say it's a fantastic movie or something i would say i wouldn't amazing to me implies good Ah. like happiness even fantastic probably applies that to me. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to hear what what listeners think. Uh, what 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 their adjectives would be used uh, if they think there's like a happier adjective or a sadder. Um, don't look up. Did you guys watch Don't Look Up? No. Oh man, I thought you were looking forward to that. Was I? Yeah, I thought I you might. didn't want to see the trailer for it because you you wanted oh, to see Oh, well, movie. yeah, I skip a lot of trailers if I if I might watch a movie. I actually Not watched just... most of that trailer though. Oh. There are some movies Which where are... I'm not sure if I'm going to watch it or if I if I want to watch it, so I'll watch like half the trailer or something and then like if I decide like oh this looks good, then I'll stop watching. <laughs> I recommend it. Okay. I've seen some mixed things, but I've definitely seen a lot of people. I think my problem is that, like, I have an idea of uh, what it's about, and I'm not sure that I need to be so bummed out about the world when I'm already bummed about the world. You know what I mean? Well, like, as someone who is worried. Mm -hmm. I I compared it to another movie we've both seen um, to, to some coworkers, and I tried to explain to them. Uh, you know, I was like, Hey, this is, it's like this movie and blah, blah, blah. And I, I think you would enjoy it if you enjoyed, uh, a side of this other movie that we've both seen. So I think you would enjoy it. Okay. I can't say it because obviously you'd be like, Oh, okay. Well, but I, I think, I think, I think you would really. I think you. I think you'd enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Witcher season two. Have you guys? Have you watched any of that? You like? Witcher? No. Did you like the first Witcher? I never watched it. I didn't hear. Oh Jesus! I I I didn't. I I heard it was fine and fine. That was fantastic. Yeah. It's a fantastic series. Well, if you say so. You watch it. You should, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Last thing I got is 
So on the way home today, I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll get Subway. I feel like uh, I need the shits tonight. So <laughs> you don't like Jimmy John's, do you? I don't prefer Jimmy John's. No, I don't like Jimmy John's because uh, I just don't like the flavor of their sandwiches. I, I, mean, I, I think they have some of the best bread. I mean, that's uh, hey, kudos to you. And fire, that's a, that's, a Firehouse, you got you have Firehouse. ready access to Firehouse subs. Oh, Firehouse, I love Firehouse subs. And I well, like we don't have any. Every time I get, it's funny. It's funny actually. Quick, quick side, because when my parents pick me up in the airport, I'm usually flying on like an early flight. I get in like at six, and they're like, "What do you want for dinner?" And I'm like, "You know, I don't like want to go out to eat somewhere." And I'm just like, it's kind of become a little bit of a habit where I'm just where they're like, "You, you want Firehouse?" Because like I've I wanted that a couple do, times. Do Justin wants a Firehouse. So then you know my dad loves it, so I'm just like, uh, "Can we get? Yeah, let's get some Firehouse." <laughs> Yeah, I like Firehouse. Hey, well, That's we don't have any. They, like, apparently, they don't go west of the fucking Rockies. <laughs> it's a, it's a, no, I guess it's about the same price as a Subway. Is it really? I feel it's, like Firehouse is pricier. They should be pricier. I mean, like a, way like a, better. a dollar, a dollar or two, probably. I think. Oh, okay. But the thing is, with Subway, with Subway, Justin, I can like punch in keywords like free sub or free footlong and get two for one. Well, so I true. So I can I can get I can. That's the thing is like that's why I got Subway was because I was like I can get two footlongs for the price of one, so I can have basically two meals for the next two days, or you know, <laughs> I can have meals for the next couple of days. Anyways, but I like I, I'm gonna say like Subway to me holds like a memory of me and my mom going and getting Subway. And then getting vi- like a video movie. Uh, a video yeah, tape. because wouldn't the one open in Whitehall? That was for a while. That was like, unless you wanted Sonic, that's what we had, right? <laughs> well, this was over in Dollar Way. They had a oh, okay. they had a subway right next to a, a video store, right? And so we would get we would get a subway sandwich. We go over and they they used to do like uh, two for Tuesdays, so you get two for the price of one on Tuesday. So me and my mom, we'd go over there and we'd order. And then we'd go to the video store next door and rent a movie. And we'd watch a movie and eat Subway sandwiches. Hmm. And so like there's nostalgia to that. So yeah. that's always going to play an important part. What's your go-to sandwich? Uh, an Italian, like a classic BMT. It's like a spicy, spicy Italian sandwich. Ah. Uh, it was like a salami and pepperoni sandwich um that's what i got as a kid i liked italian subs um but uh anyways so i place my order and i i get there and my order this place that i order at always they always fucking have the to-go order behind them like behind the counter, behind them, yeah. Like, and it, it it really bothers me because like I I come up there and they're waiting on people and it's like how do I how do I approach this situation? Do I interrupt people and be like, hey, can I get my fucking to go order? Do <laughs> I sit there and wait? Because sitting there and waiting defeats the fucking purpose of me ordering it ahead of time. Yeah. Like yeah. So I come up there and. One guy gets, I stand behind, there's one guy in line 
and one guy getting checked out. And there's only one person wait, uh, working, the, working the subway. Yeah. And so I stand behind the guy getting checked out because this other guy's about to get a sandwich made. And I don't want to fucking wait for this guy to get a sandwich made. So like, I'm like waiting behind the guy to get checked out and the guy goes to wash his hands and everything. And he's going to go approach the guy to make, to get the sandwich made. And I go, Hey man, can you, before you get to him, can you just hand him out to go order? And I, I don't know if the guy was making a remark. Like, I don't know if he said I was patient or impatient. Mm. And if he said I was impatient, I want to be like, fuck you. I'm not waiting for you to make this guy a fucking sandwich to get my to-go order that I placed online. Right. That's the idea of a to-go order. Instant. And then if he said I was patient, it sounds like he's being sarcastic to me. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, whatever. I was like, yeah, thanks. I don't care. Like, like, I I don't know. It's just, it really, it really bothered me that like the idea of like, you set the to go order behind you, which defeats the purpose of me coming in and getting the fucking real quick. Like, right. The idea is always like, that's what I hate about like ordering from somewhere like fucking McDonald's or I'm trying to think of Taco Bell. I think, I think Taco Bell actually makes it. But like McDonald's is you got to wait till you get to the fucking store to, mm. to actually claim it or something for them to put you in the queue. And it's like you're kind of defeating the fucking purpose. Yeah, it's total purpose, purpose defeat. I place the fucking order. It's ready when I get there. I pick it up and I'm good to go. The only and the problem is that, like, I guarantee, Matt, it's been ruined by idiots. Because here's my theory. They had too many people submitting their orders and then they show up. 15 minutes later and the food's cold and it's McDonald's, right? Like it's fast food. It like the fries, the burger, like that's not good cold. And they're like, man, it's cold. Meh. You know, instead of like timing it better or just being okay, acknowledging, yeah. you know, that they're getting it to go order. And so they probably were like, we'll get less complaints if we just make it when we get there, when they get there. But yeah, yeah it completely defeats the purpose. I mean, all it really ultimately does is, takes less time to put your order in right because you put it in online (laughs) instead of having to like speak it out and spend 30 seconds i guess talking (laughs) because my thing is i want to show up it's already there right that's always my thing i want to just i place the order i know it's getting made right now right it'll be it'll be ready when i get there and then i can just pick it up and drive back home that's it i don't have to sit around i don't have to wait for shit but some of these restaurants are just all like, oh, well, we're going to wait for a while and, <laughs> or we're going to put it somewhere where you have to ask us about it. And I was just because I know I've gone into that subway before and I've had I, I just felt awkward and I waited behind like two or three other people getting fucking sandwiches made. And it just felt like a pro, you know, they just annoyed the piss out of me. It's like uh, I'm waiting 10 minutes, which I guess I could have just placed my order right now, too. I don't know. It's like so fucking frustrating. But anyways, that's that's all I got. Okay. Uh, playing Halo Infinite. Have you played the campaign? Did you play the campaign at all? Uh, I was playing it before I left, and then I was playing it when I came back, and then I decided that I was where I was at. feels like the end of the game, and it wasn't particularly engaging anymore. Yeah. Um, I might. I mean, Jennifer was like, really? You're just, you're just done? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I think so. And she's like, I... You're at the, you're like towards the end, right? And I'm like, yeah, pretty sure. And she's like, 
She was like, I have to, I have to finish if if I've gotten that far. And I was like, I hear you, you know, and then I was like, well, I am playing on a, on a, on a harder difficulty. Yeah. Um, and that, that's kind of part of what made me stop is because like, I like playing on that difficulty, except now it feels like they're just, oh, "Oh, it's the end of the game. So we're just like throwing. So it sounds like you've been playing the campaign. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean like just, I fucking hate fighting those hunters. The guys with the shields. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're just fucking just... tanks. They're just they're bullet sponges. Yeah. And, and you and just, uh... yeah, and if you're playing it on like I, I play I play it on like the, the next difficulty up. Like you yeah. have to manage Heroic that and in, in a not fun way. Yeah. And it's just like I just don't enjoy this. Yeah. And then especially I don't enjoy the fucking invisible fucks. Yeah. Like I don't even well, know how you're supposed to those more. Cause like I get out my little invisible detecto thing and, and they're not, oh, they're threat not meter your threat thing and you shoot it. Yeah. They're not total bullet sponges, but yeah, the hunters and the, I don't know what they all are, but they look like fucking orcs. Like <laughs> the big guys in this game look like fucking orcs. So I'm going to call them orcs. The guys that charge you. Those are kind of annoying, everywhere? but those are actually kind of fun because you got to like, you got to like, once you see them, it's like, oh shit, you know, you just got to like figure out using your grapple to get away. And, and, you know, those are, they're more fun. I was going to talk about the ones that are that, but they're like heavily armored and they carry like, like a, like a Gatling gun kind of, of green lasers. They usually come in pairs. They're not everywhere in the game. I've only come across them a couple, a few times, Okay, but they're like the hunters too. They take a ton of hits and it's just, there's the red hunters. There's oh, I don't think I've dealt with red hunters. hunters. Yeah, the red hunters are even tougher. Yeah, great, love They're it. Towards, they are towards the end of the game. Okay, I watched a, uh, I watched a speed run. <laughs> oh, that's probably fun and interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just grappling everywhere. Sure, glitching through shit. Oh, and then uh, reloading on different maps and stuff. Right. Like after you load up a new map, they do this thing where they just like reload for some reason that like skips time. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know. Some of those bosses are just fucking annoying. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just, you, you get caught, you get real cocky and confident in yourself. And then all of a sudden you get like one shot by something and you're like, what the fuck? Like, where'd that come from? Like, those sniper guys, I didn't really think they were that big of a deal because I was like, you know, in multiplayer, it takes a fucking shit ton of shots for somebody to kill you with that gun. Yeah. But in in campaign mode, it's like two shots, I think, or just one shot. Um, I was like, oh, okay. I guess this <laughs> is different here. Um, but yeah, I've been su- uh, souping up my guys with Sniper rifles and driving around and yeah. letting them take care of shit. Yeah. That's and still then, fun, but it's a little too um, arduous to set all that up every time. <laughs> yeah. Because inevitably you got to get out. <laughs> yeah. You're like, all right, I got to go to the, I gotta go to that place. I got to bring in a vehicle. Then I got to go get the guns. I got to give everybody a gun. Yeah. Uh, now let's go. Oh, I got to drive like a thousand, fifteen hundred <laughs> meters that yeah. way. Oh, fuck. How do... I don't even think a rogue gets over there. Okay, what's uh, <laughs> right? How are we going to do this? Fuck it, I'm just going to get out and grapple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, it's real funny to watch that uh, the speed run. I think it was like twenty minutes or something like that. They did it, um, but it's just a bunch of like they do the. Um, have you upgraded a lot of your stuff? Mm-hmm. They do the grappling s- slam thing. They, they, oh they yeah, do it up against like doorways. I I call it a, a grapple, uh, uh, like jump kick. It looks like a uh, like a Mortal Kombat dive kick <laughs> to yeah. me. Uh, but they they ru- they usually run up against a door that won't open, mm. and then they do that move, and it glitches them through it <laughs> or something. So now they're in like upside down world or whatever, you know, they're mm. like in the invert outside the map. Yeah. Uh, and so they're like grappling all around that and skipping all the enemies in the stage. And just like, it's just comedically funny. And I would really, I really want to hear like Bungie devs go through that and watch one of those just to be like, Oh shit. They just, uh, they, well, there is a, uh, an IGN channel that you might really like an IGN series where it's, uh, uh, devs watch their games speed run. Yeah. Okay. So I've you're familiar with that. Yeah. yeah. Cause I watched, I watched like home world, home outer worlds. Oh yeah. I watched that one and a couple of other ones like quake, whatever, or doom, the latest doom, I think. Hmm. And then just talking about skipping through. That's why I was saying, I'd really like to watch the bungee one because they give you the grappling hook at the beginning of the game. Yeah. So, I mean, like, they just like gave you a tool that lets you skip through tons of fucking content. <laughs> yeah. Cause he doesn't even like the person doesn't even stop to fight. Like, yeah, they only stop to fight when they have, like when they strategically have to. Yeah. And there is a glitch, I guess where, uh, there's a, if a ghost is there and he will grapple, grapple shot constantly. One of those guys that has the little shield. Mm hmm. He'll grapple shot a guy to to back up all the way to a ghost, and he'll hit a button or something. When the when the guy gets knocked back into the ghost, and he'll like jump on something, I guess jump on the ghost or something, and it takes him through this through the world. Wow! And then like he pauses it and reloads it, and he'll be in a totally different location. It's right. weird. Like I don't even know how these people come up with yeah this shit. But yeah, it's just impressive to watch that speed run. Um, and it, but I really wanted to get saying all that was to be like, I really just want to get to the last mission, the very last mission of the game. You have to not kill any of the sentinels and you can get to a room that where you can get a skull that gives you infinite ammo. Oh, so the only way to, if you get that skull, you get, you'll have infinite ammo for the game. So, but you have, you have to not kill any Sentinels while you're running through the level. Jesus. Yeah. And so. Those guys eat your shield. Yeah. I mean, cause they're just shooting those, those beams. They're just like, mm-hmm. beam, you're dead. <laughs> and they gang up on you too. So. Yeah. Um, watching that guy though, I was like, oh yeah, shit. I got I got to learn these glitches because he skips all that shit and gets to that room. He buy, he doesn't go into that room. But I saw I saw the room though, uh, so I know you can glitch to it. And I was like, oh, shit, I gotta remember that." <laughs> but it's very interesting to watch people do those speed runs. Okay, but uh, so what are you playing on your Xbox then? 
I'm not Forza. Uh, I, I played a little bit of Forza. Um, I don't know. It just keeps on popping up on my phone because I got that. I mean, I was out. playing. Oh, well, I was playing Halo, but also while I was away, uh, Jennifer uh, had uh, one of her younger sisters in town and they both got really into Halo multiplayer. Oh, okay. So they, Jennifer is like, she is enjoying the, the shit out of Halo multiplayer. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I think it's really it's really nice. Like like literally like giggling maniacally when things happen and and sometimes it involves like her dying and I'm like, "No. That's nice." That's nice. <laughs> it's I nice wish I to felt see that someone way. that just has nothing but joy for a multiplayer in a game where I kind of I I mean, I got sick of people not playing the objective, but also I just oh, yeah. I'm not like I used to like Halo a lot more than I do now. And now it feels like if you're running along and someone gets the drop on you before you're able to like adjust, they just it's it's it feels like your shield is like a counter, like it's a little countdown. <laughs> and they're just going to get an edge on you and I don't know. I'm just, you know. Yeah. I, it's very it's very open map. Mm-hmm. Too much, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like I just like some of those maps, even the four player maps, I just feel like people get spawned like right around the corner from me sometimes with your back turned on them or something. Like, I just feel yeah. like I'm like, really? Like <laughs> that guy. And then, especially, oh, Jesus, especially Fiesta mode. Like, I feel like sometimes the maps just get super lopsided where, oh, they spawned, all of them spawn with rocket launchers or all of them mm. spawn with. Fucking grappling yeah, hooks and sword. Yeah, it, it, it or... definitely sucks when you like roll up on a guy that has a rocket launcher. It's just like, okay, I'm dead. That's, yeah, that's the like, beginning and the end of it right there. It gave me a shotgun versus this guy yeah. with a rocket launcher. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I wish I had that ignorance. Yeah. I'm not saying ignorance. It's not ignorance, but it's that, I don't know, lack of competitiveness? Yeah, I, I guess so. Just, just pure just, enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for this episode 452 of Outlandish Podcast. If you like us an email, you can do so at letter com. You can follow us on Twitter, Outlandish Cash. You can follow me, Outlandish Matt. You can follow Justin Outlandish Beats. Uh, Facebook.com slash Outlandish Podcast. Thanks for this episode 452. And we'll catch you on 453. Bye. Goodbye. Say, thank you for listening to Outlandish. Thank you, Outlandish. Good enough.